Listener Production. It's been less than five weeks since comedian Pete Hellier departed the jungle where he'd stopped over briefly between an eight-year career on the project and the next phase of his life. I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here was never a reality telly experience that had tempted Hellier. But after his resignation from the project alongside Carrie Bickmore and Lisa Wilkinson, the time was right to say yes to something totally different. In this conversation, Hellier is circumspect. Not the usual laugh-a-minute guy you're used to seeing on screen. Life has been wildly busy with barely a moment spent at home and now a world of new opportunities is opening up for the Melbourne boy made good. My name is Jamila Rizvi and welcome to The Weekend Briefing. Up next, Helen Smith joins me for The Weekend List where we recommend what to watch, see, eat, do and listen to. But first, here is my conversation with Pete Hellier. Hey, Pete Hellier, welcome to The Weekend Briefing. Thanks for having me, Jamila. I can't get past the beard, which is great for me to mention on this non-visual medium. <laughs> but, folks, the beard just makes me think of the jungle, mm. and so that's where we're going first. Have you have you recovered? Yeah, I, I have, and I'm keeping the beard because I worked with Steve Price for a long time who, had, who mentioned way too often that he went to the jungle. So I thought if I just keep the beard, it's just <laughs> like you say, it's just a reminder. So I don't have to say it. People just know that I've been to, to the jungle because it's, it's a very jungle beard. My head's still spinning a little bit. I haven't been home for many days. I, I, I was home for about three days and then I went off to shoot something else uh, for a week and, and also coming back to Australia to do shows in Sydney and Brisbane and so things are settling down a little bit and then I'm off on holiday uh, with the family um, overseas in about a week or so. So the head's in a weird space, which yeah. may be a good or bad thing for the next um, half hour or so. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I, I like I like the the beard as like proof of, of achievement or concept. Like my, my seven-year-old came home from the cross-country carnival the other day with a, like a fake tattoo for the kids who'd done the cross-country carnival oh, nice. and it, it rubbed off within two days and he's just <laughs> devastated. He's like, no one will know that I did the cross-country <laughs> mum. No, how will they know that I was there? Tell me about the, the jungle decision because you, you are a much-loved television personality. You are a high-profile person. I get, bet you get asked to do reality TV type stuff, this would not have been the first time. So how did you kind of go through the decision-making process and, and land on on making the trek? Yeah, it was, you're right, as far as I have been asked to do like most of the reality, you know, all of them, Married at First Sight, haven't come knocking um, <laughs> for, for many reasons. Um, but I have been asked to do quite a few of them and I just have never felt the need to do them or, or even thought that I could contribute much to them, to be honest. Um, certainly this one, I'm a Celebrity, I watched over the years and just thought I'm never doing that show. I'm used <laughs> to doing shows, Jamila, as you know, that where there's scripts involved or there's meetings with rundowns. And so the, 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 the giving over of control was a pretty scary thought. Um, and... Channel 10 obviously got the uh, the heads up that I was leaving the project, so they sensed an opportunity, I, I, I think, and um, we had a pretty good chat. Um, my initial reaction was, oh, I don't think so. And then I think leaving the project was 
you know, it was to explore new opportunities and, and new. Yeah. And most of the, to be honest, most of those opportunities were things that I was, I'm going to hopefully create. You know, not not necessarily rely on the the phone ringing. Um, but one of the great things about this industry, I think, is sometimes the phone does ring or the lovely little surprises along the way that you weren't expecting. Now. When the phone rang on this one, it didn't seem like a lovely surprise, to be absolutely honest. It was like, <laughs> it was kind of terrifying because like, I can now I have to make this choice. But it, it was the first thing that kind of happened. It was almost before I, I think I'd even announced that I was, I was leaving. Yeah. Um, so I thought if I say no to the first thing, to the first challenge, you know, to the first opportunity to step outside my comfort zone, then what's it saying about the way I'm going to approach the next, um, you know, year, two years, five years of, of uh, you know, post-project uh, life. So um, I said yes and kind of waited to regret it. And strangely, that moment just never came. When you were going in, what was the bit you were dreading most and coming out, what was the worst bit? It was certainly going in, I was dreading, like I said, the lack of control and not knowing what was around yeah. the corner. Um, there's things, there are a lot of things I don't like. Um, I have a real. There's a lot of things I don't like. Yeah, there's a, like to be honest, <laughs> all of it. Like even like I don't like rats and mice. I really don't. I, I, I have a borderline phobia um, yeah. of, of them, and I thought that they probably know. They know this. Will they take advantage of it? Um, and that was a bit of a, a fear. But and I say that, but I don't. It's not like I love snakes and spiders and all the other things, and 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 I'm not sure what I'm like. You know, I'm okay in an elevator, you know, but am I okay if I was dangling over, you know, a, a gorge, you know? Um, so those are the things I, didn't, I, w- I wasn't sure about. So my my fear was that I'd get to some point and kind of go, actually, this is a horrible mistake and I don't want to be here. More so than any kind of specific encounter, it was just that I would actually go, this is, a, what have I done? This is horrible. Yeah. And not from a career point of view, just from a... I'm, you know, I'm away from my family, and I don't, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have done this, um, and I don't like, you know, I, I mean, I think I'm a reasonably affable person, so I didn't think I was going to like butt heads too with too many people in the in the in the jungle, but I thought there might be people still get on my nerves, so I thought if there's one or two people who just get on my nerves who make it tough to exist in there, that was a a, a bit of a fear, and coming out there was there was no fear at all. It was just. Um, you know, I just couldn't wait to see Bridge and my boys. And, and um, I guess coming out, you kind of, what was really lovely is being away from my phone um, outside of not being connected to yeah, um, right. my family, but just not having any access to news and um, and social media was actually just amazing, like generally amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to work out how that now can inform going forward because the <laughs> like first thing I asked for when I got out was yeah. my phone, of course, because I, I, mean, I, I did want to reach out to my wife. Um, but and then I, I found myself, you know, either on planes or, on, you know, in, in, in holding rooms or green rooms where, you know, there's not much to do so you're back on your phone again. So hopefully that settles yeah. down a little bit now. You had eight years on the project and while you're sort of the one that's bringing the fun and the funny and the silly to the episode every night. You're still on a news desk where the news is 100% in your 
vision, I suppose, and straight in front of you every night of the week. And I think we've all had that experience of wanting to hide from the news sometimes or just switch off or just be like, oh my God, it's too much. And yet you had eight years of that really not being an an option. How did you kind of look after yourself during just such a long period doing that night after night when, you know, the news serves up nasty yeah, stuff? Yeah, it was more, I, I found it in about August, I was at the desk in rehearsal and I said to Waleed and and Lisa, I said, I'm getting a little bit tired of just being, you know, we're having a new cycle surrounding me and sometimes being associated mm. with the new cycle. Yeah. And I did say that and then Lisa did look at me and said, yeah, no shit. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> I, and I'm somebody who's, you know, on the, the lighter end of the pool, the, the shallower end of the pool as far as the news goes on, on, on the project and I'm not particularly a, a political person. My shows are really aimed at being fun and escapism and, and so to find yourself in news, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I went, you know, I really enjoyed uh, most of it as far as being part of, you know, having something to say. If I said something about a topic, it was because I believed it. I was never, you know, uh, there were some topics I just was pretty quiet on. Um, but it just, I don't know, it just gets to the point where people think they knew, they know everything you believe in because you believe in one particular issue or you've made yourself, you know, you might support mm. same-sex marriage. So that means you, you know, um, you, you support same-sex marriage but you like, you go to the Melbourne Cup and it, it, it confuses people. It's like, hang on, I don't know, how could you, how could you do both, you know? Um, it was being nice to step away from that, I think. When you were a kid or before you were sort of part of the industry, did you ever have one of those kind of parasocial type relationships with someone in the media or someone who is a celebrity where you you did project onto them and, and you had the opposite side of that experience of feeling like you knew what they thought, what they believed, what they were like in person when you actually had never met them? Yeah. Um, I mean, most of my kind of people I really gravitated towards when I was watching television were, were comedians and... and mm. You know, I mean, Glenn Robbins was a massive, you know, hero of mine and, and, and Rob Sitch and, you know, all the working dog guys. Yeah. And, the, and the fact that, you know, I can get to rock up to have you been paying attention and, and they're all there and, and um, it still is, I, I still need to pinch myself. Oh, oh my God. My husband and I rewatched Frontline last month. So good. I, I, I can't believe I haven't been watching it every year. Yeah, it's so good. I, I see Santo a, a fair bit. It's such a great show, and like, and 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 Glenn, and and you know Magda, and 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 you know Gina and Jane, and 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 all those just kind of heroes, and, and Judith Lucy as well. You know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I did a radio show, you know, with Jude, and and we've become really great mates, and she was in How to Stay Married, and and so to to actually um, to meet these people. Um, and, and, and then realise they, they after a while, oh, I think we're friends, um, is is b- bizarre, bizarre. But there's, there's been no example of, I guess I can think of, that it is um, somebody, they have, they've, they've been delightful surprises, to be honest. There's, there's, there's been not many don't meet your hero moments, which is nice. When you look back at how you thought about your career or planned out your career, I don't know how much of a planner you were, uh, when you were studying, 
did it look like this or did it look more like what's potentially coming up for you in the next few years with a return to stand-up and a return to being on stage with live audiences where it's just you and a mic? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I always envisaged or hoped to have an eclectic career. Like I always wanted to do lots of different stuff and, you know, to look back, um, you know, I've done a Tonight Show, I've done a sketch show, I've done a AFL panel show, <laughs> uh, I've done a news show, I've done a, a romantic comedy movie, I've made some romantic kind of comedy, dra- you know, uh, narrative dramas. Um, I've worked on radio. Um, I've directed. You've been declared dead. I, I've been I've been declared dead. That, that, that's an experience. That's an experience. Absolutely. That was maybe the weirdest experience. I've had and, and um, yeah, and, and it's been it's been nice to kind of explore, <laughs> explore that. Uh, in, I thought in you were show. about to say it's been nice to, to not be dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm glad. It, it makes interviews a whole lot easier, Jamila. I have to say, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's it has kind of looked like you know stand up. Obviously, it was my first love and, and what I started doing, and, and I still consider myself first and foremost a stand up comedian and. Um, so it surpassed my expectations. You know, you don't know if you could do any of it. Um, maybe 25 years I've been doing this and, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's lovely. I was a particular fan of How to Stay Married and I think one of the things I really liked about it was seeing you in, a, in an acting role, which is different to how different to the space that you occupy in my head, I suppose. Mm. And you are also someone who in real life has been married for a long time. How many of the secrets to staying married on the show translate to truth for you in real life? A lot of them, I think. Um, Sometimes it was my own relationship with my own marriage uh, that informed the show and sometimes there are things that I I think I probably took from the show and, and, and brought home and... Um, it was lovely. Uh, it was such a lovely experience uh, that to have you know three seasons of a sick half-hour sitcom on a commercial television network, which you know they just it, this doesn't happen very often. There were certainly things that happened in that series that were completely taken from my relationship with Bridge and and, and discussions over the years, you know, and. Uh, and that's some so the fun stuff, but also some of the you know, the, the the kind of deeper stuff, and the the, the times when things were when this we we weren't at our best, or uh, and you know so yeah, I you, I couldn't do a, a show about marriage without reflecting on my own, um, and you know, and also everyone who worked on the show kind of brought their own experiences as well, which was which was really nice. Sort of the one of those, like, is it a writer's room or is it a therapy session? Yeah, well, that also happened with It's a Date when we we, we did that and we, we had a very interesting way of working with that because we would get uh, actors in. We, we'll decide, okay, John Wood's going to be on a date with Denise Scott and they're playing, act, they're playing characters, not playing themselves, and we would get them in before we started writing um, and say, is this is the basic theme of the episode and this is what we're thinking for you guys but if there's anything you want to bring to it, whatever it may be, you know, let us know if you've had any dating experiences that you want to bring to it. And it, that those became like therapy sessions for, for everyone. It was really fascinating to listen to people's experience with dating and, and, and that stuff that they wanted to kind of get out and maybe kind of show. There's an episode with um, that I, I directed uh, with Kat Stewart 
and uh, Roy Billings, and it was one part of it was they they go on this date and they see this uh, this woman all dressed up and there's the man reading a, a newspaper in front of her and he's just like paying her no attention at all and the woman's kind of looking you know a bit sad and that happened me and Bridger on a date once and. And I just saw this woman. We just we saw a movie. We just went to the, like the pizza place across the road, and this yeah. woman was a bit dressed up. And this guy had like a newspaper, you know, just reading it. And it was like a wall, like a physical wall between them. And I just really wanted to go up and rip that newspaper out of his hands, but I just, you know, I didn't obviously do that. But what's great about when you write and uh, you know you can make a show like it to date is yeah Cat Stewart got up and ripped the paper out of his hands and um, <laughs> and, 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 and ran out and um, yeah so yeah that's that's always nice when that can happen. One of the experiences that so many of us watched you have not too long ago was announcing that you were going to be leaving the project and heading off to do new and other things. I imagine preparing for that must have been really difficult to figure out what you wanted to say, the tone you wanted to strike. But the fact that you had to make that announcement coming off the back of similar announcements from from Lisa Wilkinson and Carrie Bickmore must have really... Like how do you build that narrative around Pete's uh, decision and Pete's contribution to this show when it, it's always going to be seen as as some kind of pattern? How did you kind of sort that out and how did you figure out what you were going to say? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and, and Carrie's, you know, we'd said goodbye. I almost forget the order of it now, but Carrie was certainly first. And, and then I think I was announcing mine on the Monday or the Tuesday and and Lisa kind of shocked us all by announcing it on the Sunday, and I, like she she texted me during the day and said, "Listen, this is happening tonight," and I just sent a, a, a message back saying, I'll, "I'll be watching, and and I understand, and you know we love you, and um, we'll we'll have a drink soon." And I didn't mention anything. I thought oh, I don't want to put that in her head. I'm not sure if she knows or not. Yeah. And then, but I rang her in the morning. And I told, I said, this, this out of it, did you know that I'm also leaving? <laughs> and she, she had no idea. Oh, so it was, she was kind of like, we're both laughing, but also both kind of like, she, she was almost quite apologetic. And I was like, no, I don't. No, it's fine. Like, it is what it is. And, and so it did, when I did announce it, it, it was an extra thing, I guess. Um, but it didn't necessarily change what I had to say, and, and I think my initial thing was just that I that I was leaving, and and it was pretty short. And then it was more so the the final episode where you're not sure how to the tone. The tone it was important. How getting the humour and the and the sincerity. Yeah. It is, it is a moment we had had carries like the week before, uh, which was a um, a huge you know it's such a huge show and a real celebration of the incredible work that Carrie has done on that show since, you know, day one. So, but I think the team did a really good job of, you know, the show from my show, it felt really fun and just, um, you know, I realised that I do a lot less charity work than Carrie does. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But it was, it was lovely. And, uh, you know, I, somebody played a little bit back to me. I did a radio interview recently and they played some, and I'd completely almost forgotten what I had said, but I did remember as, as they were playing it to me and, I think it felt okay. It felt okay in the end, and it was kind of perfect. We had a 
a much smaller, I just requested a much smaller kind of, you know, exit as far as afterwards where there's a big after party from Carish, which I think I was probably still hung over from about a week earlier. <laughs> um, and so we just had like about 12 of the people that I worked closest with. Um, you know, Carrie came back in and, and well Ed, but also some of the writers and, and producers who I, I worked with closely. And yeah, we just had a lo- lovely dinner afterwards. And then I flew to Adelaide the next day with my my kind of best mates from school and um, we watched uh, some cricket at the Adelaide Oval the next couple of days. It was it was perfect. Yeah, sounds like a good way to do it. Mm. You mentioned earlier that uh, thinking about I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and making that call required you to kind of go, well, what am I going to say yes to now that I've got more space and more freedom? I feel like just as much a challenge for you is going to be what you say no to, right? There's going to be a whole lot of diverse opportunities that are coming your way. But how do you approach figuring out what's worth doing and where you have to say no in order to make space for the stuff that you want to do and you want to create? Yeah, I, I think my my filter will be, first of all, does it suit where I'm at at the moment, does it suit my family? Yeah, my family. I mean, celebrity probably didn't suit the family as such. Like, no, it doesn't sound great for no, the family. <laughs> disappearing, you know. For and I always said when we're in camp, this is probably much tougher for our families than it is on us. You know, we get to kind of like, we're living an adventure, we're meeting new people, and they're this, you know, getting through their their, their days and and. Um, you know, I don't know. You had to put your hand in things with snakes. Yeah, so I'd, I'd rather stay home. Yeah, <laughs> would you rather be with that? You know, stay home and go through the, the, the you know, the minutiae of day to day, or eat a pig's anus. I don't know. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 tough. So that's the first thing. Does it fit with family? I always talk about with Bridge about everything I do, and 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 is it something I haven't done before? Will be is is the other one. Um, or is it, and is it fun? Am I going to have fun um, uh, doing it? Um, that doesn't mean it can't be hard work and, and, and challenging, you know, because I want to be challenged. But I want to be, um, if it is challenging, if I'm going to devote a lot of time to it, I want it to be something I haven't done before. I'd love somebody to offer me a, an acting role of something like I've never done before. I've only really acted my own words, really. Um, there's been some opportunities that I just couldn't do because of my schedule, but that's kind of opened up now. And, and, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, you know, uh, take on some more challenging, you know, kind of roles as opposed to, you know, a doofus dad. <laughs> are you a doofus dad? What are you like as a father? Oh, I, I, I think I try to balance out the fun and, you know, like try to keep their heads screwed on properly. And, and I've got three boys and, I, I you know, they're, the youngest is 14 and the oldest is 20. There's an 18-year-old in there too and, and um, they're good boys, you know, and um, I'm very proud of them. And they've all got a good sense of humour. Um, after I was eliminated from the jungle, they came over um, and it was a really nice, possibly the last true family holiday we may have, you know. Um, Ooh. Uh, you know, which is... Don't say that. I know, and it, it kind of dawned on me during the pandemic that it's like, I think we're going to run out of time to have all the kids with us uh, on these holidays, but... And it was a big surprise to me that they all came over and it was amazing to have some time with the boys and they really were excited to be there, you know, in Africa, uh, going on game safaris, seeing these, um, you know, amazing animals and wildlife and 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 just being around each other and, and, and they were really up for it. So that was a very special thing to have happened. They will have, to a great extent, 
become adults while watching you be a very public person. What do you hope they take away from the way you've conducted your career and the way you've made decisions? I was on Rove from 99. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Liam, uh, oldest, was born in, in, you know, 2002. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is is that what I do is, is a job. It's no more special than any other job. In fact, it's it's probably less special than many other jobs. And, and, um, and but they, I think they see me work hard at it and... and um, very rarely have they gotten starry-eyed over anyone. Like even yeah, they're pretty level-headed like that. Um, they were actually excited, funnily enough, to be in the, to meet some of the, my campmates because they had, I think they watched because they watched the show. They sat down and yeah. watched it, and, and in a way, they probably don't watch a lot of free-to-air kind of reality shows. But they're really obviously invested, so they were excited to meet you know Aisha and Nathan and, and uh, Harry and, and everyone. So. Yeah, I, I just I just think they see that you know I've gone after something that you know it wasn't in our family. It wasn't like you know I don't come from a showbiz family at all. Yeah. One of the things I love doing is creating things out of nothing. I, I am proud that I've carved a career out of something that just wasn't there. It, it just every time I do a show, you know, a, a new stand-up show, there was there was literally there nothing was there. There was a blank piece of paper. There was a blank piece of paper, and there was yeah. maybe zero thoughts in my head about it. Um, and every time I write a script, you know, you start with a blank page, and 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 I've always been excited by blank pieces of paper. I think I find them the most exciting things in the world. Um, yeah, whatever they decide to do, and I, I don't think that it's going to be in the entertainment industry. Um, you never know, but I have pressed on them. If if you if you're going to go down that path, you're really going to have to work hard and and want it. And um, uh, so yeah, hope, hopefully. Whatever it is they decide to do, they'll, they'll, they'll work hard and, and be creative. Well, Pete Hellier, I really look forward to uh, reading, watching, listening to uh, heaps more of those blank pieces of paper that you're no doubt going to fill in over the coming years. Thanks so much for being my guest on The Weekend Briefing. It's always a pleasure, Jamila. Thank you very much. That's it for my conversation with Pete Hellier. He is currently touring Deconstructed Origami, his new stand-up show. You can book tickets at comedy.com.au. He's also appearing in an upcoming episode of Who Do You Think You Are, which will be out early next month. Don't go away. The Weekend List is coming up next. It is weekend list time. Helen Smith is joining me. And, folks, we've got some recommendations for you. We are going to keep you comfortable this weekend. We're going to give you some things to watch, read, listen to, do, usually buy when it comes to me and Helen. God, we're bad people. And sometimes cook. Helen, what have you got this weekend? So this weekend, the first one I have is an acne cream because adult acne is so real and I don't know if my acne will ever go away, but you know what? This cream has saved me recently. It's called TBH, Skincare Acne Hack Spot Treatment. And it is an Aussie brand as well. So that was really cool. It's a Sydney-based brand. Um, But it is actually really helping my acne, which is amazing. So that is my rec this week. If you're like me, if you're struggling with that adult acne, try this out. Give it a spot test first, as always. Check if it's compatible with your skin. But this one's really been working for me. So there we go. 
Oh, Helen, I'm so thrilled for you that you've found something that is working for you at the moment. There is no possible way for me to do a neat segue from that subject and recommendation to the one I'm going to, so I'm not going to try. Folks, I want to recommend an episode of The Ezra Klein Show, which is a hugely popular podcast. The episode is called The Men and Boys Are Not All Right. And it's very much got an American lens, but a lot of the experience in the States in this regard is quite similar to what's happening here in Australia. And what Klein does is he looks at the idea of gender equity in education and looks at why it is that boys and men are consistently behind girls and women at school um, when it comes to results in almost every subject in almost every year. And then the same is true when it comes to higher education. Men are less likely to hold bachelor's degrees. Women are more likely to graduate with higher marks. And it begs the question that while workplaces and workplace equality is still something we haven't achieved for women, are we educating our boys in the way we need to? Are we thinking about how to offer diverse and inclusive education so that boys and men are able to thrive as well? As someone who is uh, an advocate of, of gender equality and tends to talk about the experiences of, of, of women and gender diverse people a lot, I found the focus on men and boys fascinating and bringing the data to the fore, particularly around boys' experience of education, was something I found really interesting and and gave me a bit of an insight maybe into why uh, so many boys are looking to people like Jordan Peterson and and Andrew Tate for inspiration and and the urgency of there being some kind of intervention. That sounds very amazing. And my next recommendation is very lowbrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we need a contrast. My next recommendation is the new season of The Kardashians that's out. And yeah, it's just, you know, I I love the Kardashians. It's my guilty pleasure. It's just another world. And I also love it because I love seeing the timelines always play out that we've seen, you know, the news stories break, what's happening, who's dating who, what's going on. And then you just get to watch it in the show. So yeah, I love that. And I'm like, oh, I remember when that happened. Um, but yeah, that's my next rec. A little bit lowbrow, but you know what? Whatever. Not sh- I'm shameless. Love it. That is what we are here for. We are here for the light, for the shade and for the Kardashians of it all. Uh, folks, whatever you're watching or listening to this weekend, we are into it. I promise. I want to give a recommendation that's kind of not high or lowbrow. I just think it's super relevant to any of us uh, living in 2023. The ABC has done a really excellent piece of, I would call it, um, almost like animated journalism. Um, It's available online at the moment. And essentially what it does is it will piece together your online identity from stolen data. And it helps you answer the question of how much of your personal information is actually out there and available online. So if you've ever been caught up in some kind of data leak, even if you don't think you've ever been caught up inside a data leak from a a, a company, you actually probably have. Uh, Most of us have been. And a lot of the times those uh, companies don't necessarily tell us the full extent of what's happening. And as a result, there's a whole lot of data out there about us that 
we don't know is there. So you can find it online if you search on the ABC website for data breaches or stolen data or identity. If you search that online, you'll find it. It's from the ABC's Story Lab. It was put together by Julian Fell, Ben Spragan and Matt Liddy. I was expecting there to be some of my identity bits and pieces out there. I was shocked by how much, like quite shocked. I suspect you will be too. So definitely check it out. It's a great piece of journalism as well as, yeah, I mean, talk about public interest, right? I think we all we all want that information about, about ourselves and our loved ones and, and to know how to protect ourselves better online. Folks, that's it for the weekend briefing for another week. We have loved having your company. If you would like to get more of the weekend briefing, more of the briefing itself into your ears, then you can download the listener app and follow us there or you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back bright and early on Monday morning when Tom Tilly and the team will have the latest headlines straight to your headphones. Listener.